more people are like, oh my God, you're just like me. I thought I was the only person who thought that. And then you also have the other half of the people who are like, I fucking hate this person, you know? And so like the more you go out there and, and put yourself out there, the more people are going to really connect with you on like a deep emotional level. And that's how you sort of have a listener or a fan for life. Hey, welcome to Personal Project. Cool. Jason, I appreciate you taking the time. So you host How Long Gone with Chris Black, which is a culty cultural show for evolved bros, I would say. And you mm-hmm. DJ under the name Them Jeans and you dabble in the food sphere. Is there mm-hmm. anything else that listeners should know about you or that I should redact from that introduction? No, all of that, all of that is absolutely correct. Um, and that's pretty much all that you would ever know me for and all that I spend my time doing. <laughs> If I'm not podcasting, I'm cooking. And if I'm not cooking, I'm eating. And then every once in a while, I DJ. Exactly. Um, It's funny because it was about a year ago that I was tossed in to host y'all on a panel because Rona got my my colleague. No, I remember that. It was like a year ago. And you were like, well, uh, the person I was going to host a panel with with you guys that you've been planning on for the last whatever number of months they're gone and now here I am. But we hit it off pretty quickly, right? We got to yeah. build backstage, have an IPA, <laughs> eat some chips. Exactly. We talked to some random guy from like Mississippi or something. I forget. Oh yeah, and... yeah, yeah. He was like a representative of like a local Congress person who is thinking about starting a podcast. So like the the government paid ten thousand dollars to fly <laughs> this guy out to check out podcast conference. Nothing like a podcast conference. That's been my life. The past Tax year. dollars at work. <laughs> But um, yeah, my God, that was hilarious. And but you did day, well. You did well, and I'm glad that you we became friends, and we have still stayed in touch in the podcast thanks. sphere. Exactly. You got to keep your your the the network tight. Um, also, in doing my research about you, I didn't know that the name of your show was based on a Brooks and Dunn song, which was the first concert I ever went to in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, um, it was in Cleveland, Ohio, and they were like throwing drumsticks into the crowd, and I was probably like seven. And one of the drumsticks hit my like little friend Kelsey, but I still have like a Brooks and Dunn drumstick from an Ohio Brooks and Dunn concert. I like that you said my little friend because we were little. Say hello to my little friend Kelsey. Kelsey. Okay, so you have a strong connection. We we don't have a strong connection with Brooks and Dunn. Like, it's a little <laughs> shaky on exactly how it's like a what came first, chicken or egg kind of thing. Like, I don't know if, like, we found the song randomly and then named it after the song or if we named the podcast and then found a song and then turned that. Like, basically, like, you can't use a regular song uh, as your podcast theme music <laughs> because it's, like, illegal, even though lots of podcasts do it all the time. I never understood that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We used, like, a, a free license karaoke instrumental (laughs) cover of it so a lot of people it it was funny like we we sort of chose it to be like like everything like every time you name something or design a logo for something or whatever it is you're like all right we're going to use this until we come up with the real name and then a year goes by and then you're like oh fuck my dj name is them jeans that sucks or like this is the name of our podcast, which just <laughs> is what it is. But it we is were we just did a show in Seattle, and the sound person there was 
was playing we we were like here's the song play it when we come out on stage and everyone yeah. like, and he and he played it and he's like this sounds just like um like a Morrissey song like the intro it's like a very like Johnny Marr I, yeah. and I don't remember what song it was but he started he was like this older dude just like a random sound guy and he just started singing along and it worked perfectly so Chris is Boom. a huge Smiths fan so maybe there's something there who knows the yeah the the Brooks and Dunn to to Smith's pipeline is um sure than what we think I guess yeah we're, we're the only two people laying that pipe <laughs> oh God um so I'll start out with a cue that I have for you which is that you wear many a hat in the media sphere food music pod mm-hmm. what when you were a kid what was the first person that you saw either in the media or in your life that you were like I like what that person's doing and I want to do that. Or not Ooh. first, or maybe like a formative one yeah. where you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there's probably a few. Like with food, probably like Anthony Bourdain is, is yeah. most people's choice and mine as well. You know, it's not super unique or whatever. But when you're, you know, a young person and you see his book or whatever, you're like a teenager and you're like, damn, this is like the only cool chef. Yeah. Who's badass and telling it like it is. So like there, that was a big inspiration music wise, like with with DJing and stuff. When I was in high school, I would get like a Portishead record and my friend mm-hmm. would get a Portishead record, the same one. So we could like play them both at the same time and be like, and be like, <laughs> Portishead, this is so cool. Um, and then, um, you know, podcasting space, there isn't really any, I mean, the one, the thing with podcasting, it's like you hear um, like you're some like high school pop punk band and you're like, you hear a, a Blink-182 song, you're like, oh, I could, I could do, I could at least do that. Like we should start a band. <laughs> so I would listen to all these podcasts when they first came out and it would be like, you know, it's just some bros talking. Like I can at least be as good as this. And maybe one day, you know, 10 years from now with years of practice, I could be better than them. So that's what I'm trying to do. Right. So with podcasting, I never had anyone where like, you're my person, you're my favorite podcaster. It's always been like, I could do this. Yeah. So when you were younger, there wasn't like some random dream job that you were like, maybe I'm going to be doing this that you aren't doing now. I mean, I've had a billion dreams, you know, like I'm going to be the sixth member of Radiohead. I'm going to be a professional graffiti artist. I'm going to own the best restaurant in the world. I'm going to be on Food Network. I'm going to win Iron Chef. You know, the the, listen, I mean, I think my eventual goal will be to like start a clothing company for tall people and then retire on some island or something, you know. My brother is uh, six, four and a half. So if you need, you know, a brand brand ambassador. (laughs) Well, I'll have to take a look at him first, okay? Yeah, yeah, just to make sure. He's he's very lanky too, honestly, comparable um, physique you have. Not yet. Uh, He's 23 and he. I'm not sure where fame would come for him, but I'll, this, I'll keep you updated. This podcast is only about your brother now. Yeah, Grant Friedman. Let's uh, let's bring him in. Um, so I also listened to on a, on a podcast you talk about like hardcore music, and because of this, mm. I listened to Gorilla Biscuits yesterday. Um, oh that is really? Not, yeah, that's, is that I for have the to, first time. For the first time, like okay. I'll admit it. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so hardcore is not my not my usual jam, but apparently mm-hmm. it was yours. Or is that your musical roots? The thing that you were like, oh, I'm obsessed with music. Was it when you got into hardcore? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say so. Right when I first got to when I was like 13 or 14, like switching from elementary school to high school, 
I didn't really have like an identity and I was not like a party person. I wasn't like a cool, like I grew up in Orange County in California. So it's like, you're either like a surfer, skater, stoner, or like a jock. And I was not any of those things. So I, I hung out with like straight edge people because we were just like, we don't really know what we're going to do yet. So let's just stay together. So we don't get beat up. I didn't really identify. I mean, I was straight edge, but I was definitely more on the peaceful kind of side of things. I was not, you know, a super violent instigator of, of things like that. I was just there to have a fun time. Um, yeah. but I mean, it was, it was just like, you know, like, Hey, I don't fit in with most people. So we all just kind of ended up hanging out together, but yeah, you get into the music and you get into the scene. And that's when I really started to enjoy like the other side of, of music where it's not just like, Oh, I went to the store and bought a CD, this Metallica album right. is dope. I love it. Or I love Snoop Doggy Dog or whatever. It was like, you have to go and you find a seven inch from some band and there's only a hundred copies made and you go watch them play. And then all the people at that show, if you love this one seven inch that only a hundred of them were made and the hundred fans are in that room, then you probably have a lot in common with them instead of going to like a, a Taylor Swift or a 1975 concert where it's you <laughs> and 30,000 people and you have nothing in common with them. Right, uh, it's, it's a it's, tighter it's like knit you, culture. Yeah, it's like you're you're just hyper. All the people that are like you are all in one little room, mm. and then you can and then from there, you know, you can make zines and you can screen print T-shirts and you could do all types of cool, fun events and parties and thingies. And that was how I started getting into DJing and throwing events and stuff like that. Yeah. Also, I feel like I relate to being a peaceful a peaceful kid, and then just it's so <laughs> it's cool to like be in a. a Music is one of the spaces I feel like that can let you get into the less peaceful yeah. and channel that sort of like energy and with people who are also, especially if that's not what you're like displaying on the reg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. It's, it's good because even though a lot, a lot of times those types of hardcore metal or punk shows can be a place where all the people who have a lot of rage inside of them can get it out, hopefully in a controlled, safe environment where everyone is nice to each other, but that obviously doesn't always work out. But um, there also needs to be people there to document it all. So when I was mm -hmm. in high school, I was I was the guy in the back taking photos of everything and making T-shirts and scenes and all that stuff. And then later on, you realize like, oh, like you could, this could be a job. Like you can not just do it for fun. You can also make money off these losers. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So your ability to form media and a culture around your interests started young. You're like, we do merch, we do zines. I'm like, okay, how long gone you do uh, merch, <laughs> tour, record yeah. deal? That's that's pretty cool. It's it's fun, or it's good to have something like a podcast that is something that you can build everything else around. So everyone, when you're a kid and you're like, I'm I'm going to be in a band, or I'm going to start a clothing company or I'm going to make zines or whatever it is. And if it's hard to just be like, all right, here's my streetwear clothing company. It's called Supreme and we're going to be a billionaire. So, you know, you, everyone has an idea, but there's no like direction or thing to anchor it to. But now <clears throat> because we have this podcast, we, we have a t-shirt company or a hat company and we have right. a reason to make it versus just like looks dope and make money you know there's like a purpose and it makes it a lot yeah. easier to do all of that stuff when you have a purpose yeah so how did you decide to like like start DJing for the first time and how did you decide to do that instead of like pick up a guitar unless you did that as well 
Uh, yeah, I, I started DJing because I was not good enough at playing music. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play other people's music. Um, that I mean, that was a big reason. I mean, like the, I just loved music at the time, and I did play guitar and, and a little bit, but wasn't really serious about it. Was not in a band. Never really had a band or never did anything with it. So, uh, I started throwing parties when I was in my like early twenties, and then I would have to like hire DJs and pay them money, sometimes more money than I was making for doing all the work. And they would just you know <laughs> show up and get drunk and play music for an hour. So I was like, oh, I could do that at least. Um, and I felt like, you know, everyone thinks their taste in music is better than everyone else's, or at least you should, if you're an aspiring DJ, I'm sure you feel the same way, Avery. Yes. As somebody looking to get behind the decks myself, um, I do think yeah. my music taste is the best. The first rule is you have to, every time you go to anywhere, someone is DJing, you have to think this person fucking sucks. And then <laughs> that'll that's inspire what I thought of. That's why I thought of you at the Ludlow house. Oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I started throwing parties and then I was like, well, I guess I might as well just book myself to DJ and then I don't have to pay anyone else any money. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. So was this like party throwing era, like your your first professional endeavor? Yeah, it was. It was. I was just when I moved up to L.A., I was just kind of dicking around and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then I started working at a nightclub, just answering phones because the, the guy who worked in the office in the daytime went to Burning Man. So, <laughs> so they're like, we need somebody like a temp person to fill in for a couple of weeks while this bros in Burning Man. And then he came back and they're like, Oh, well we like Jason. So let's like have him, be, let's invent a job for him. So I started helping out like throwing events and uh, managing the calendar and stuff. And then I realized there, like every Tuesday there was nothing on the calendar. So I started throwing my own party on Tuesdays and then it took off from there. Boom. Yeah, that's nice to just be so charming that people create a job for you. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> I guess it's not that hard to be a, a charming person in Hollywood or in LA you know, <laughs> compared to everyone else. Right. <laughs> um, and I've also heard you say that your relationship uh, or like now you sort of DJ as a bit sometimes because the show has popped off. It's like you're sort of like, yeah, people think it's funny when I DJ. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that true? Slash like how has your relationship to DJing evolved since you've aged? Yeah, it's it's weird because, yeah, the, the, the only thing you really need to be a successful DJ is just to be famous. It has no – it doesn't matter if you're good at playing music. It's just will – are you famous enough to have people come to this party? And that's all it is. So once the once the podcast really started taking off, then there was interest in me. You know, like I had a big enough name to where I would be a draw. And then I started, you know, getting booked for DJ sets again. And then when you feel like there, you know, I don't know, there's like less pressure nowadays to DJ. I'm just kind of like doing my thing and doing whatever I want because that's what people want to see versus like, really pressuring myself to have the best DJ set of my life and practice all fucking month or something, you know, <laughs> just have fun. Right. I want to talk about how long gone now, because speaking of things being a bit, that was started as a bit, no? Just like, can you talk a little bit about the moment you and Chris were like, we need to add to this oversaturated <laughs> sphere uh, immediately and we're going to go hard doing it? It was, it was just the day. It was like the day that, quarantine started and everything shut down and we we were just like tweeting to each other 
just saying like lol should we just like on facetime and record it and upload it um and then you know chris had hundreds of people replying saying like yeah you guys should do it you guys should do it so then we just we just facetimed each other and i hit record and i hit stop and i hit upload i didn't do anything to it it was just like a very rough and raw version of a podcast and just because like the the rules are we're gonna we want to do it three times a week and we want to make it as easy as possible so there's no which is why we use anchor shout out to anchor.fm um <laughs> which is and it was just like we hit record it takes one hour and it's uploaded and that's it and then once it started growing more and more and getting a little more serious we got lucky because we started right at the beginning of the quarantine yeah. and all of our friends and famous people and guests that we might not normally be able to get were suddenly just sitting on their asses doing nothing so you know like our first guest Hari Neff or you know like all just so many crazy you know Jeremy O'Harris was in the yeah. first month or so like all these big names and cool people were just like yeah I'll fucking talk to you guys and then There's, yeah suddenly so down to chat yeah, and then from there, once um, we had around 100 episodes or so, I was like, all right, I'm going to, this could be something, and I'm going to start taking it more seriously. And then that yeah. was after, like right around when we got a cease and desist from the New York Times, then I was like, okay, this is something that we should <laughs> maybe put a little more effort into and take more seriously, like a real business. Wait, what's the situation with the cease and desist? What's the story behind that? So when we first started the show, the artwork, like oh, we both yeah, have been yes. on, on record for like <laughs> the, the daily is stupid. Uh, <laughs> even though it's a very, the most popular podcast, everyone listens to it for the news or whatever. I don't know why. I mean, I don't never even listen to it, so I don't know why I hate it, but uh, I, I basically just copied their artwork as sim, you know, as much as I possibly could, like a facsimile version of it. And then once the show started taking off, I guess they noticed and, and then next thing you know, everyone's sending me a message like, hey, your podcast is not on uh, Spotify or Apple anymore. <laughs> What's going on with that? And then we, you know, I had to send a nice letter to the New York Times apologizing and changing the artwork. And that's how our, so basically that, the original artwork, I just put it into Photoshop and I just like cranked up the threshold because it's like a gradient fill from, yeah. from like yellow to blue, green or whatever. I just cranked it up to just be two colors and it was just like boom boom and, and then that's it. <laughs> that's when you know you've made it, frankly, from cease and desist to a times profile. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um three times a week is like wild aspirations. But I guess if you're just kind of chatting and then uploading it, that's not like did you guys have a hard time committing to that at all? Or were you just like three times a week out the gate? Because you're at four now, but three is intense. Well, it was it was easier in the beginning because I wasn't doing any post-production or editing. But now I do a lot. Now I edit the whole show every time, yeah. except for except for our Sunday one on one episodes. If we're both in the same town, then there's no uh, then we'll just be in the same room and record and, and hit it upload. But now it takes a lot of time. You know, Chris, yeah. you know, booking guests three times a week, we're booked out like one or two months in advance and schedules are always changing. So that's like a full time job managing that. And then, you know, the editing and mixing and mastering and uploading and advertising and making all the assets and all that shit, you know, it's, it takes assets. a lot of work. Not the yeah. assets. We really tried to streamline it to be like, all right, how can we templatize everything to where it's just like, boom, 
we don't think about anything. We don't have to like just come up with ideas out of our ass every morning. It's like everything's all set. We just need to change the colors and tweak things and and it moves. Do you think you'll always stay doing the mixing and the mastering and the editing? Like, do you enjoy that part of it? <laughs> um, I do enjoy it, but I also don't enjoy it because it's, I don't know, It's it's been a very strange thing because it's like the one part of my life where I have to do serious, deep work because yeah. we record and upload the same day. So like... So like Tuesday, I will record, um, I just did an episode with Robbie Hoffman, a comedian, super funny, but like did it at, we were going to podcast at noon, she pushed it to one, we're finished recording at two, and then I have seven hours to edit a whole hour podcast and add the music and mix it, master, upload, write the description, make the artwork, all that. I was going to say three times a week, you're simply heads down, like for seven hours straight. Yeah, but I've also spent my whole life being lazy, like being when you're a professional <laughs> DJ, you work four hours a week. And then the rest of the time, you're just like, do you want to go get some lunch? Like you don't do <laughs> shit, you know, we're just like, let's go for a hike and like watch a movie, you know. Like, So I spent so much of my life not doing really heads down deep work. And now I'm doing that now. And it's exciting to see, but it's also sad because I'm like, if I was just doing this level of deep, intense work younger in my life, I wouldn't be mm. talking to you. I'd be talking to fucking Howard Stern <laughs> or some shit. No well, offense. I mean, I'm grateful that you, you've just started the deep work. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like any deep work, the first thought you have is, wow, this is awesome. I wish I was doing this a long fucking time ago. It like. makes me it makes me proud of myself to <laughs> sit there and focus and not be distracted by the zillion things that we're all distracted by yeah. and really put out a piece of work that you're proud of, you know? And it's so cool to be that involved with it and from such the technical perspective and also just obviously the external facing perspective and your personality. Like there are so few things or so few, I don't know, maybe professions where like you have all of that sort yeah. of being packaged into something that you put into the world. Yeah, it's it's cool because there's there's so many podcasts where it's just like here's the people the host recorded and then they have an editor and that editor goes in and they do what they have, whatever they put their personality onto it yeah. onto the edit or they or they put no personality at all. It's just like I'm just going to clean it up and remove that one time where they said the word wrong and mm -hmm. here you go. But when I'm editing it, I think of it like here's another opportunity to make it better, make it funnier or fix problems that were there. Like if, if somebody says a really funny joke and I'm laughing and you can't hear it, like I can cut my laugh out so the audience can hear it. Or if, if sometimes somebody says a joke or like a crazy, like more powerful line or a sentence, I can like pause it for a, a few seconds to be more dramatic. So, mm. and or you can cut it down a dramatic pause that was too long and make it shorter because it was sounding like a douchebag like whatever it is there's a lot of opportunities to put your personality on it also i think it's dope because obviously how long <laughs> gone is like you know known for being sort of shooting the shit and just sort of off the cuff and that kind of thing and so i feel like it's dope to hear all the intentionality that goes into it like behind well it's it's a it's a really a combo of both and that's why we do some episodes uh, where you just hit record and upload and don't do any editing and then some that are much more tightly edited because both are are awesome and both are really interesting to hear in your own way which is why 
if you see like a comedian special on Netflix, it's like very polished, it's very tight, it's very edited. And like, it's a one body of work that somebody has mm -hmm. spent a lot of time on and you appreciate it in that way. And then if you go see that person do stand up in a nightclub and they're just, you know, smoking a cig, shooting, you know, <laughs> making fun of some guy in the crowd. And then you see a whole, it's much less buttoned up. It's much less edited. There's problems with things that are going on. There's mistakes that are being made and you get to see how they crawl out of that mistake. You get to see how you handle fucking up. You get to see the good and the bad and, and people love to see that just as much. Yeah. Were you into interviewing before the show? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm more into conversation than interviewing. Um yeah. because I don't know, I just it's just what I prefer. There's no, you know, one's not better than the other. Um, but what I usually try to do is there's there's kind of two routes. Um, because Chris does all the booking of the guests, I don't always know anything about the person. It, sometimes I'm just discovering them for the first time. And there's some, it's entertaining to hear that as well. You know what I mean? If it's, you know, Chris is like, hey, here's some like fine artist from Glasgow. And I'm like, I don't fucking know who this person is. So it's funny sure. sometimes to be like, hey, like, who are you? What's it, you know, come at it from a yeah. full, you know, unknown perspective. Um, but if I do know the person and I'm familiar with them, my goal is to, try to show um, the things that I like about that person that I don't, that I think the world doesn't see as much. Right. I try to lead that person into that direction to show that side of them that I think is their best side. So it's sort of like critiquing somebody and guiding them at the same time. Um, the same way you would like a, a restaurant critic would write a review about a restaurant and as you know, they might hurt their feelings or they might offend them a little bit but it's in an effort to push them in the direction that they think they should be going. So it's a little tough love and, you know, you can feel it out and see how offended people are and the less offended they are, then the more fun we can have with it and the more you can kind of play around. Yeah. And that's cool. Also, I feel like taking the approach with, with people you don't know, even if they're a renowned artist from Glasgow, it's like not every mm -hmm. listener is going to know this renowned artist from Glasgow. So it's cool yeah. to have somebody sort of approaching a conversation with that person as they would. Yeah. Like explain, explain yourself like I'm a five-year-old kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Because most sure. people don't know. Yeah. Any um, dream guest for 2023? You manifested into the air right now. Um, let's see here. I mean, it, it always changes. Maybe I was thinking that Martha Stewart would be a good guest. Do you think you could secure that? That'd be sick. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's if that's going to happen or not. I think she'd be a good one. I don't know. Um, there's just like we're 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 kind of attracted to people. Not if like they're cool or famous or rich or whatever. It's like you can just kind of tell that they are good at talking. Mm. And I don't know what it is, just like you could be any, you know, you could be an Ina Garden or you could be a comedian or you could be whatever, you know, a random author. But like some people are just good at just talk. They talk in a cool and interesting way. Yeah. And they have and they just say funny shit. And and that's who we're really attracted to. And I, you see, so, yeah, somebody like Martha Stewart, I feel like if you really get her to be herself, yeah, could be some funny ass shit. That's a cool way to put a. uh a label on your curation people who can talk about shit in a cool way yeah 
whatever yeah. whatever it may be it doesn't have to be funny at all it's just like that's a new way to talk um how do you conceive of your dynamic with chris has it like evolved since you started the pod yeah it's it's evolved a lot um devolved and evolved uh, i guess <laughs> i like um we had bj novak on a while ago and he's somebody who i consider to be a, a comedic big brain you know he's, he's some somebody that thinks about it from like a real you know bird's eye view of how the whole thing works and yeah and he for he was saying like i i like listening to the episodes of just the two of you the most because it's just comforting especially kind of like post pandemic a lot of people living alone yeah. working from home a lot of solitude you just want to hear two close people talking about anything it doesn't have to be enriching or enlightening or eye-opening or funny or whatever you just want to hear humans interacting so you don't have yeah. to hear your own thoughts for an hour and uh and also it's like you get more it can be a little more engaging because if you already know and like chris and i then you don't have to do the thing where you're winning somebody over so every time you open a podcast and it's a new guest that you've never heard of or somebody you've never heard on a podcast you you suddenly have to spend the first half being like do i give a fuck about this person do i sure. even like this person and then you know sometimes you're like oh i like that person it was a cool interview and i'm glad i discovered blank that's awesome but a lot of times they're like this person fucking sucks this episode is i'm gonna stop listening to it now like i love chris and jason but i don't think this guest is good they don't vibe with me so i'm gonna turn it off yeah and it's, you know it's nice to just hear uh just people talking versus so where are you from you know where'd you go to school yeah know. is there anything like does it at all feel vulnerable to have your just unfiltered personality out on main <laughs> and like your banter with a bestie just out there to consume is there anything about that's freaky to you or is it so natural and based on like, the positive reception you've gotten i think there? i think it's both of those things and all those things you really have to you know, you, you learn that the more of that you show on Maine, uh, <laughs> the more, uh, you know, it's just more divisive. You know, the more people are like, oh, my God, you're just like me. I thought I was the only person who thought that or, you know, whatever it is. And then you also have the other half of the people who are like, I fucking hate this person, <laughs> you know. And so, like, the more you go out there and, and put yourself out there, the more people are going to really connect with you on, like, a deep emotional level. And that's how you sort of have a listener or a fan for life until you get canceled. But the other right. side is just, like, for, you know, Taylor, <laughs> like we said, Taylor Swift or the 1975, there's a hundred times more people that hate them versus love them. And that's just what it is. Right. Um, is cancellation a real fear? No, not for me. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you never know what can happen as in our ever changing and rapidly evolving world. But no, I don't think I don't think uh, that's ever a worry of mine. Yeah. And in terms of the brand of How Long Gone, I heard you talking about food saying that you're sort of post food and how like the food industry has become about like branding and marketing and like yourself and How Long Gone have such a strong brand that is it just inescapable like how do you maintain any semblance of authenticity or realness amid this hyper branded era or do you view mm -hmm. like branding as something that can be reflective of of yourself oh yeah i mean i think your branding is very reflective of yourself but 
kind of like how we were saying before about showing your ass on main <laughs> it's it's very like your branding is it's also something that you have to put out there and it just once you 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 have to take that leap of faith and be like here's my marketing and branding and here's my angle um and a lot of it's, it, that's also very divisive and some people will be like i hate it i like it or it's just like whatever to me and then it becomes a part of you like with podcast artwork and podcast branding it's almost all you know 99 of it is the worst of all time so it kind of <laughs> doesn't really matter it's it just becomes like public domain at some point after you've seen the joe rogan experience artwork you know it's like the <laughs> dumbest artwork you've ever seen in the world or this <laughs> call her daddy podcast is just you know somebody spent an hour making it on photoshop like it doesn't matter um but uh in with the the first part of your question about the all of that stuff it's there's a little similarities with that in the style of podcasting where you kind of see what's going on in the world and like this show that's doing really well is going in this direction and these these girls are doing TikTok now and these guys are filming it and doing on YouTube and there's you know there's lots of different things that people do to find more success in a podcast yeah. or in a restaurant or in a clothing company or whatever and we really like to just kind of stick with what we're doing and what we know and what we like and if if we really feel like we know a way to do something our own way in a, in a new direction then then we'll think about it but I think it's just like here's our how how much of our personality can we convey with just like a branded image or you know a style of talking to somebody. Yeah. And on your style, how would you describe the different style that y'all emit versus the other podcast bros in the sphere? Yeah, yeah I mean it's not that different, you know, we're all all podcasts are kind of, you know, the same um, but Chris and I, like, I, I like to think of us as he's sort of like the, on the, he's like the bulldog on the front lines, who is a very strong personality. He might say something that you think is terrible. He might make you laugh, you know, whatever he's going to say is going to be kind of powerful and strong. Um, and then I'm kind of more like a sniper in the back who's paying attention to what everything is going on and offering little mm. bits and, and thingies like that. And uh, I think it's good to have that one-two punch because two people like us who talk a lot can be very overwhelming. So if I do anything, I'm, I'm thinking of how we can kind of pump the brakes and be a little more chill because some people are like, it's just like too much. It's just like, blah, 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 and just bros <laughs> chop blabbing, you know? Bros blabbing. Yeah, you're the, you're blabbing. the empath of the duo. Um, you're just keeping in yeah. mind what what everybody else is feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's textbook Virgo stuff. But but it, it, it's good to have that because for every listener that thinks like, oh, Jason is like the sweet empath. He's always trying to blah, blah, blah. And Chris is like the mean person that's going to offend somebody. There's also people who are like, I love to hate Chris or I love to hate Jason. So it's like, a whole, you know, it's like multiple, multiple things going on. Do you have a lot of love to haters of you? Like, no offense to Chris, as the bulldog, I, I understand how not. he's attracting not. the haters, but. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he definitely attracts more haters than I do, but I still, I still definitely have haters, for sure. You know, wow. all, all it takes is one little joke that could hit somebody's nerve and they're going to hate you for life. 
for life. That's the risk you take, I guess. Wait, so you're a Virgo? Do you know no, you're rising in your rising in moon? Uh, I could look it up. <laughs> I just Googled it. You're doing your little birth chart real time? I'm trying. I'm I'm a year of the monkey. Okay. Wait, how do I see my fucking What are you on like cafe astrology or something? I'm on a zillion of them. It shows me every information <laughs> except for my rising sign. Okay, what what's your moon? Um Okay, my ruling planet is Mercury. My birthstone is Sapphire. Uh, it's the year of the monkey. I don't know. God damn it. My life path number is four. Oh, that tells me everything. That tells Does me everything. It? No. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I believe means. it. I believe it. Okay, let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, move, we'll move forward. I only have one more question for you, which is simply that if you weren't doing this with your life, like what is alternate jason doing like what is i mean i guess tall man's clothing line is another thing i I guess when i was younger i was into i was very into like fishing and and cycling and and those are two things i don't really do much anymore but maybe i would that's wild it's kind of weird isn't it yeah maybe i would just be living in the country somewhere riding a bicycle around and going fishing and probably listening listening to a podcast while i'm fishing i guess yeah. Also, I could kind of see your cycling rebrand. I feel like your tall man's clothing line should include biking gear. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> really long biking for... shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be cute. Um, and then what can we expect from How Long Gone in 2023? Or from you as an individual? Um, well, I would say um, hopefully we're just going to be doing the same exact thing. We're just going to get better at podcasting and the guests that we have on will be funnier and more famous and cooler. <laughs> um, but yeah, just keep doing exactly what we're doing and hopefully grow and grow more. And then um, international touring, we'll be doing more in 2023. Uh, going to London and Australia, maybe. and Who knows where else? Um, and then personally, I'm also, I'm getting married in, oh my uh, God. T- in 2023. So Congratulations, how long have you been engaged? Uh, it'll be, it's been, I, I got engaged last September. Where are you getting married? In Italy. Well, let's Tuscany. go. Let's go. Wow, that's beautiful. Cool. Well, Jason, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Anything fun going on the rest of the day? I'm about to go hiking right now. Nice. Well, thank you so much. I hope to see you soon. And yeah, thank you, everybody. Bye. Personal Project is hosted and produced by me, Avery Friedman. Sophia Terenzio produced this podcast and helped make the jingle alongside Shant Amarkanian. And the cover art is by Aaron Sofreno. Thanks for listening.